Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel with Francho Tone pinch hitting for Bill Stern. Colgate Shave Cream, Meryl Stern is far away. This is his vacation time to rest and play. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, Bill Stern begins his annual four-week vacation. And while Bill is on his vacation, Colgate Shave Cream is proud to present four distinguished motion picture stars. Tonight, transcribed, it's Francho Tone. Next week, Basil Rathbone. Two weeks from tonight, Boris Karloff. And finally, Frederick March. And here in person is the famous star of stage, screen, and radio, Mr. Francho Tone. Thank you. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Francho Tone. I've just come in from Boston, where I'm playing the second man to pinch hit for my good friend Bill Stern while he's on his summer vacation. You know, one of my favorite sports to watch are fights. I love a good fight. And tonight, I'd like to tell you a story about one of the scrappiest fighters I ever knew of. In fact, this fighter loved to fight so much that he once flew to a country where no outside fighter had been for 2,600 years just to pick a fight. In a moment, I'll tell you this really great story. But first, here's a word from Colgate. Fellas, does your beard put up a fight every time you shave? Do you end up with a scraped or irritated face? Then try Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. Try it on this swell proposition. There's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Yep, one buck says Colgate Brushless gives you really smooth, close, and comfortable shaves. And here's why. Because it's light and fine textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle better than greasy, heavy creams. No matting down, no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless, but cuts through clean and smooth. Brother, that light, fine texture of Colgate Brushless really does the trick. You've never known your whiskers to come off so slick and easy or had a shave so smooth. And instead of that tight, tender, scrape feeling, your face actually feels refreshed afterward. Try it and see. Get a large or giant-sized tube or jar of Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. Use it a week. If you're not sold then that it's tops in shaving, send the carton top to Bill Stern, care of Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. You'll get $1 pronto. Is it a deal? Remember, there's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. And here again is Francho Tone. All right, let's get into tonight's story. The story of a fighter named Jimmy. Jimmy was born in California back before the turn of the century, but the boy didn't stay in California long, for when Jimmy was only three years old, his father packed up and took his entire family up to Nome, Alaska to hunt gold. I guess Nome was the place that Jimmy first learned he loved to fight. He went to school in Nome, went to school with a bunch of rough, tough kids, 
And even though Jimmy was the smallest kid in that Nome, Alaska school, he soon got the reputation of being the toughest fighter in the whole city of Nome. In fact, when Jimmy was a kid of about nine years old, he was standing on a street corner one Saturday night when he got into a fist fight. A fist fight not with one boy, but with two boys. And he licked both those boys. In fact, he beat the two boys so badly that a policeman picked Jimmy up and threw him into jail. Later that same evening, when Jimmy's mother was sitting at home, almost frantic with worry over the whereabouts of her son, the telephone suddenly rang. Hello? Yes. Yes, this is Jimmy's mother. The what? The police station calling for... Now, take it easy, ma'am. There's nothing to worry about. I'm just calling to tell you we've got your son, Jimmy. He's in jail for fighting in the street. In jail? My son, Jimmy, in jail? Now, don't get upset, ma'am. You'll just come down to the station. We'll turn Jimmy over to... Oh, well, that's all right, officer. As long as I know Jimmy's safe, I won't worry. But, ma'am... Oh, well, thank you for calling me up, officer. I'll be down Monday morning in time to get Jimmy out for school. But getting arrested for fighting didn't stop Jimmy from wanting to fight. It wasn't long after that that Jimmy's father moved his family back to California. Back to California where Jimmy went to high school and where Jimmy kept on fighting. He kept on fighting until he'd won the boxing championship of his high school. It was then that Jimmy decided he was going to take up prize fighting as a career. And it was also then that Jimmy's father decided that Jimmy was going to the University of California to study mining engineering. So Jimmy went to the University of California to study. To study hard for three years. And then one day he could stand it no longer. He still wanted to fight. He had to put on the gloves again and fight. And so one afternoon, Jimmy stopped into the university gymnasium where the pick of the university middleweights were staging elimination bouts in preparation for the boxing tournament between the University of California and Stanford. Jimmy stood watching the middleweights work out for a few minutes. Then he walked over to the boxing coach and said, Hey, coach, how about me giving some of your boys a little workout? You? Well, you're a bantamweight kid. These guys will kill you. Oh, give me a chance and I'll show you. Hey, which one of you guys wants to fight me? Ah, uh, quit your kidding, son. You'll get hurt if you tackle one of these big guys. I will not. Come on, let me fight one of your boys. Well, okay, kid, you asked for it. Hey, Charlie, come over here. Jimmy stepped into the ring with the middleweight. The bell sounded for the first round. Jimmy waded in with one blow, knocked out that middleweight. Knocked him out cold. All right, coach. Let me add another one of them. Yeah, believe it or not, no sooner Jimmy knocked out his first opponent than he stepped right back into the ring to knock out his second opponent. And a few days later, Jimmy stepped into the ring, all five foot six inches of him, to face the middleweight champion of Stanford, a man almost six feet tall. The crowd laughed that day as they watched Jimmy crawl into the ring. They thought it was a joke. So did the big fighter from Stanford, who looked at Jimmy and yelled across the ring, Hey, little guy! they expect me to fight with you? <laughs> Just then the bell rang for the start of the fight. In a flash, Jimmy jumped to his feet, darted across the ring, fainted with his right, and sent a hard left, smashing to the stand for the fighter's chin. It was all over. The winner and new champion, Jimmy! Yeah, Jimmy the Bantamweight was now intercollegiate middleweight champion. He was also more determined than ever to become a professional prize fighter. But something made him put aside his plans. That something was World War I. Jimmy went to war, and he was one of the first to learn to fly a plane, back in the time when planes were crates, and when a dogfight was two guys shooting each other up in the air with rifles. 
So after World War I, Jimmy got a job on the strength of his experiences as a wartime pilot. Jimmy got a job demonstrating American planes in South America. One night in a hotel room in Chile, Jimmy was at a party with a group of flyers from all over the world. Flyers from Germany, Italy, England, and other American flyers who were also demonstrating their country's planes. Everybody was showing off. That is, everybody but Jimmy. Until suddenly a young girl said to him, You look very strong, senor. You have muscles like an acrobat. Yeah. Yeah, matter of fact, I'm a pretty good acrobat. Oh? Here, watch me. I'll show you something. Senor Jimmy, what are you going to do? Jump out the window? Jimmy did go to the window of that hotel room. He climbed out onto the windowsill, a windowsill two stories above the stone pavement. For a moment, he stood looking down at the street. Then, very carefully, Jimmy grabbed hold of the sides of the window with his hands. Slowly, he straightened his body until he was holding himself horizontally over the street. Jimmy, Jimmy, please come in. That's too dangerous. Hey, Jimmy, don't be crazy. That window seal is old. It'll break with your weight on it. How about this, you guys? I bet you never saw a trick like this before. Come in, please, Jimmy. We've seen enough. Come on in, Jimmy, before that window seal breaks. Then it happened. The old and flimsy windowsill suddenly broke beneath Jimmy's weight. For a breathless moment, Jimmy hung onto the ledge. Then his body plunged two stories to the sidewalk below. When his friends found him, he was lying on the stone pavement, and both his ankles were broken. Gee, Jimmy's supposed to demonstrate his plan tomorrow. He'll never do it now. With both his ankles broken? Oh, I should say not. <laughs> They were wrong, but Jimmy was a fighter. He had to demonstrate his plane. He had to get orders from South America. So when the day set for the demonstration arrived, Jimmy had himself carried to the flying field, had himself lifted into the cockpit, had his broken ankle strapped to the rudder bar, and he took off. Yep, he flew that day in spite of his two broken ankles. Jimmy put on such a show in the air that he sold his planes all right. But the people of South America had never seen such flying before. Only when Jimmy finally landed and was taken back to the hospital, the disgusted doctor took one look at him and said, For heaven's sake, man, what do you think you're doing? Selling airplanes, Doc. Where do you know what you've done to yourself? No, what have I done now, Doc? You've broken your ankles again. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's part of the story of a boy named Jimmy. A boy who wanted to be a prize fighter more than he wanted anything else on earth. And when this boy named Jimmy grew to manhood, he was on his way to becoming a great fighter. Perhaps he would have been if it hadn't been for the First World War. The First World War in which he fought with distinction and in which he learned to fly. A knowledge that was to change the entire course of Jimmy's life. When the Second World War finally hit America in all its treacherous fury on December 7th, 1941, Jimmy was sitting with some friends, and like all the rest of us, they heard over the radio these fateful words. The Japs have struck at Pearl Harbor. The Japs have struck at Pearl Harbor. At 7 o'clock this morning, the For a moment, Jimmy sat silently as the meaning of those terrible words sunk in his mind. Then turning to his friends, he said between clenched teeth, I'm going to get into this thing. I'm going to Tokyo with a load of bombs.
months later, Jimmy did go to Tokyo with a load of bombs. Four months later, Jimmy dropped the first enemy bombs ever to fall upon the island of Japan in its entire 2,600 years of history. For the man I've been telling you about, the man who wanted to be a prize fighter and ended up being the leader of America's fighting air forces, was General James Doolittle, Jimmy Doolittle, who dropped the first bombs on Tokyo in World War II. I'll be back in just a moment, but first, here's Arthur Gary. There never was a sweeter shave or a fairer proposition than this. There's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Here's why. And because it's light and fine textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle better than greasy heavy creams. No matting down, no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless, but cuts through clean and smooth. Isn't that the kind of shave you want? Then try Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. See how its light, fine texture helps prevent razor scrape. Let's you enjoy smooth, clean, comfortable shaves, even in hard or cold water. Tomorrow, get a large or giant-sized tube or jar of Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. If one week's use doesn't convince you it's the shave of shaves, send the carton top and we'll mail you your dollar. Address Bill Stern, care of Colgate, Jersey City 2, New Jersey. What could be fairer? There's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Now, back to Franchot Tone. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun for me to pinch hit for my friend Bill Stern tonight. I hope you got as much fun out of listening to my story as I did in telling it. Thank you, and good night. Thank you, Francho Tone. Next Friday night, you'll hear Basil Rathbone, followed the next week by Boris Karloff, and finally, you'll hear Frederick March. Next Friday night, we'll be back, same time, same stations, when Basil Rathbone will pinch hit for Bill Stern. Until then, watch for Bill on the screens of your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now, until next Friday night, this is Arthur Gary saying good night for Bill Stern. Stern is far away. This is his vacation time to rest and play. For next week, while he's away, to take his place, we're glad to say, we'll bring you Basil Rancho Tone can now be seen on the nation's screen in The Man on the Eiffel Tower. The Bill Stern Show, produced by Charles Kebby, was transcribed and came to you from New York. Tomorrow, Bob Considine has an informative program for you on NBC. Mm -hmm.